Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Monday, July 24th, to 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 73, the fourth paragraph that begins with, we must be entirely honest. We'll be reading three paragraphs this morning, ending with the mere excuse to postpone. That ends on the top of page 75. Today's readers are Joanne L. for the 12 12 Steps, the 12 Traditions, Kathy F., and reading the literature today are Allison L., Craig S., and Lisa B. The share ID for Sunday, July 23rd, which was our fifth anniversary special edition meeting, and that share ID is one. 0191. And that was the fifth anniversary special. So if you did miss it, I encourage you to listen to it. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne L. Recovering in Rhode Island. Thank you, Santa, for your service. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
9, may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. In 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for allowing me to do service this month. I pass. And thank you, Joanne L. I will now ask Kathy F. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, this is Kathy F., compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Uh, One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige Divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day. And thank you as well, Kathy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of Purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 73. We'll begin reading the fourth, which is the last paragraph that begins with, must be entirely honest. Today we'll be reading three paragraphs that ends, mere excuse to propose, postpone, which ends at the top of page 75. Today, comments will be focused on all. And I will now, at this time, ask Allison L. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. We must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose this person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to religious denomination which requires confession must and, of course, will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. If we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed-mouthed, understanding friend. Perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be one is so situated that there is no suitable person available. If that is so, this step may be postponed only, however, if we hold ourselves a complete readiness to go through with it at the first opportunity. We say this because we are very anxious that we talk to the right person. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence, that he fully understand and approve what we are driving at, that he will not try to change our plans, but we must not use this as a mere excuse to postpone. All right. Again, this is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Um, When I first came into the rooms nearly four years ago, um, when I heard step five, that was the one that scared me the most. And I thought, oh, no, there are things I am never telling anyone. I'm keeping these for myself. Um, But then as I got to a level of desperation that caused me to dive into the steps and I became entirely abstinent and um, saw my powerlessness and that my need for a power greater than myself and committed um, to work steps continue the work in steps four through 12 to be connected to that power. Um, Suddenly I was a little more willing, especially after I wrote everything down in step four and saw it in front of me. Um, Then I was anxious to share it with, with someone. And um, I thought my perception was that um, after reading this and um, hearing some others share, I thought, you know, I, I would get to step five with my sponsor and 
that, that she would, you know, say, okay, well, who do you want to share this with? And she would give me time to prepare and think it through and, and guide me and who I should share this with. Instead, what she lovingly did was say, okay, um, in, in a couple days, you know, we're going to sit down. Here's the day and time we're going to do this. And, and I was a little taken aback. It's not what I expected, but it was such a gift to me because um, there was no decision to be made for me. There was no trying to wiggle out of it. There was no thinking about who I could tell it to that would be easiest for me. There was just, um, let's do this. And that's what I needed. And so I was so grateful for that. The gift of no option. Um, had I, you know, I'm sure had I said, no, I feel I need to do it with someone else, that would have been fine. But um, it was, you know, God's way of, of guiding me and saying, no, you're just going to tell this person. Um, and, and I did, you know, I just read everything on there. Um, and I, I did it because I, of the line, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. I wanted to live long and happily in this world. I didn't want to tell anybody my secrets, but um, if that was the only way, I was willing to go to any lengths to do it. And so I did. And um, now I'm, I'm so honored and grateful that I um, get to, to do this on the other side. Um, I tell my secrets, first of all, every day. That was preparing me for, for what I would do the rest of my life, um, tell my secrets to fellows because I no longer have any. Um, and I get to um, do step five with others. And it's just such a gift. Um, to be able to do that with my sponsees now. So with that, I pass. And thank you, Allison L. Now, who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Matt M. Katie. Matt M. Rifkin A. I heard Matt M. Joanna. Rifka I think I heard Rifka A. Kim G. Melissa G. I heard Kim G. The Joanne L. Joanne L. Barbara E. And Barbara E. We'll stop right there. This is who I have. As fast as I can write. <laughs> okay. I have Katie G. I have Matt M. I have Riska A. Kim G. Joanne L. And Barbara E. And then we'll pick up a few more names after that. Okay. We'll get started. Good morning, Katie G. Good morning, Santa. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic, starting my timer in Boston. Yeah, so we must be entirely honest with ourselves, with another person if we are to live long and happily in the world. And for so long, I thought, you know, um, I can't tell somebody anything, you know, about the exact nature of my wrongs. And for me, um, I did choose to, I have always chosen to work with a sponsor on my fifth step. I know it's my choice. Um, but I really appreciated that my sponsors were women who kept a confidence, understood and appreciated what we were driving at, and they weren't going to change our plans. And no one was going to sit there and say, Katie, I'm so sorry you were molested. I'm so sorry that your parents you know, weren't there for you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes, this was the process of somebody looking at me and saying, you know what? That's painful. And what your attitudes, actions, and behaviors are saying is 
is your responsibility and you are not a victim, Katie. And, you know, the lies that you're telling yourself, you know, I had sponsors who looked at my themes in my life, like the lies I would tell myself, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. I remember my first sponsor saying that to me over and over again. Katie, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. If your parents did what you wanted, you wouldn't feel the way I feel. And she taught me, it, it, I am to be hard on myself and considerate of others. It is no longer my responsibility. I thought that it was my responsibility to hold everybody accountable to their actions, right? And yet I was in the world hurting other people, treating other people out of my fear, right? Because at my core, I'm a fearful woman. I'm so afraid that everybody's going to abandon me. And I look in the world and I find evidence that you're going to abandon me. So I compete with you or I smash you down or I hold you hostage. And it was so unbelievable to look at another woman and to share the exact nature of my wrongs. And it was so, it is so freeing as a sponsor to hear other women and to especially, you know, I um, frequently start off by saying the worst thing, right? The worst thing. And what is so rewarding is to be able to say that and to not live in the problem, but to live in the solution. To say, okay, Katie, you've been lying at work. So here's what we need to do. We need to move forward. This isn't about into emotionalism. This is into looking at the facts. This is our fact-finding, fact-facing process. If I look at the facts, right, what does humility mean? It means to see myself as I really am. I am not the best person. I am not the worst person. I am a human being, and I'm an addict, and I, I am driven by fear. And to be entirely Katie, we lost you. Santa, I don't know what happened. The uh, little voice was talking to me. So I'm just going to say thanks, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful, blessed day. And do step five. Do it now. Thank you, Katie G. <laughs> Next we'll have is Matt M. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. This is Matt M. Compulsive Reader from the Garrison. It says right here that we have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense, you know. I wanted to confess all my sins to peop to my family or to people when I when I first came in the rooms. I wanted to tell my uncle and my brother everything I've done to them. But that's not the way you do it, you know, because that would hurt them more than help them. And it would help, wouldn't help, it would, I think it would help me, but it would only, like he says, I can't make myself feel better at the expense of someone else, you know. I wanted to tell my friends all my sins that I've done to them right away. And that's not how it works. It's a process. You have to go over thing, everything with your sponsor. You can't just go out and blurt out to somebody, oh, by the way, I did this to you, blah, blah, blah. You have to talk to your sponsor first, and you have to talk about what the immense process is, you know. And the fifth step is all about, you know, just getting it out of you and telling someone about it and to, and to like, you know, get start getting ready for six, seven, eight, and nine, the rest of the action steps, you know, and... Uh, I'm just grateful just for today. Um, I'm not willing to sacrifice somebody else's uh, well-being and security to make myself feel better. I don't have to do that. I must be part of myself, but always considerate of others. And I'm grateful that today I can be up more other-centered instead of self-centered. And with that, I will pass. And thank you, Matt M. And next we have is Rivka A. Thank you so very much. This is Rivka A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater here from Israel, and good morning to you, and thank you for your service and to all of the listeners there today. Um, you know, the fifth step just really brings back some warm 
wonderful memories for me. Um, going to any length to meet with my sponsor. First of all, I had written down a lot. <laughs> I had several books. Uh, I don't advise anybody to write several books, but that's what I did. It took me a while. Um, anyway, um, so I had to drive a 45 minute highway to get to my sponsor's home. I was ready to uh, unveil myself to make myself vulnerable. Um, and, uh, and I just had to trust God, trust the process and, and trust that, um, that my sponsor was the right person. And, and I, I just didn't pick her out of the hat. I had been going to live meetings and I had watched her demonstration of working the program. So, um, she was definitely a big book, uh, thumper, so to speak. And she loved working with others. And, uh, so anyway. Um, what, what am I trying to do here with this fifth step work that I, I, you know, I've written down all my fourth step work. What am I trying to do? Well, I'm trying to build, get a new attitude. I'm trying to get a new relationship with my creator and, um, to discover the obstacles in my past. So now, now that I've done all that, I need to give it away. I need to be honest, open, and willing to share with another person. So this was the woman that I had chosen. I drove to her home when I got to her front door. She opened the door, and I was met by um, a lit candle in the middle of the living room. Uh, she had a rocking chair, a couch, so she relaxed. Uh, we did the third-step prayer. Um, I had all my books with me. Um, she, uh, she asked me, did I want tea? So I became relaxed. We, we did the third-step prayer together. We, uh, she said, and by the way, I have a special chair that's, that's here in the room, and it's to invite the God of our own understanding into the room, into the presence uh, with both of us. So I, I began to do my fourth step. I just read across the board. I did my fifth step here. I read across all the, the information, who I was resentful with, the cause, went through and did, you know, how it affected me, you know, and then, um, you know, and shared where I was to blame. I went through all of that. I went through my resentments, my fears, my sex inventory. You know, and as I'm going through all that, especially when I got the sex inventory, it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, what is she going to think? Because here I go. I'm going to start unveiling, you know, the real parts of me. And, uh, you know, she would stop me uh, ever so often, not a lot. And she'd say, oh, Rivka, you know what? That happened to me, too. You know, and it's okay, you know. Just keep keep reading. Just keep reading. So she didn't she didn't do a lot of stopping me. You know, it's like God's in the room with us, and I'm willing to to share. Thank you. And so you know, and that was the healing process. That was the spiritual growth process. And then after she says, when you're done with all this, you know, you're to sit still and just uh, to relax and to pray. Go home. Go find some place where you can relax, be alone with God, and and meditate and reflect on what you have done here today. It took several weekends for me to do this, to meet with her because of her That's schedule. But you know, it was the most, it was the most beautiful thing that could have ever happened. Don't miss it. Don't stop now. Don't miss out on the miracle. This is Rivka A in Israel. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you, Rivka A. Next we have is Kim G. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jane. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. It is important that he be able to keep a confidence, that he fully understand and approve what we are driving at. 
You know, um, this is written at a time when they were mailing this book out to people and they were working through this book themselves because there wasn't a recovered community. We're so lucky today. We have a recovered community in which we can give these, these fifth step to. So we don't need to search out anyone. We, we are able to if we want to, but we don't need to in the current environment we're in. So fully understand and approve what we're driving at. You know, we were taught in the, in the fourth step that we have this object. What are we trying to do? We're trying to find what was blocking us. We're trying to see our character defects. We're trying to see our patterns. You know, we were told in step three that we're an actor on a stage. And what... Kim, D, we lost you. Yeah, that little man was talking. Sorry. So as someone that was, is taking a fifth step, you know, what is my job? My job is to help them see the pattern, that they're the actor on the stage in step three, and they're just inviting different characters on there for the same play. And this kind of reminds me, I broke my ankle about six and a half years ago, and it took me a, y a year to recover. And I remember towards the end of that recovery, I asked my doctor, you know, when, when can I run? When, am I, when can I run on this ankle? And he kind of goes, oh, my God, you're a runner? I said, oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, if I'm, if I'm at the grocery store and it's raining, when can I run to the car into the store? That's the most running I do. And he kind of laughed. But he said, you know what? As, a, as an orthopedist, I hate running. He said, it's so bad on the skeleton. But I know you have a heart condition, too, and I am sure your cardiologist would encourage you to run. Why? Because they have different objectives depending on what part of the body they're trying to treat. And that's why I have to understand, I need someone who fully understands and approves what we're driving at. You know, a psychologist is often trying us to figure out what happened, to kind of have an understanding. That's not what we're trying to do in this fifth step. And I'm just going to go on the other side of the scale. You know, as someone who takes the fifth step, I remember hearing in an AA meeting, someone said she didn't feel a part of AA until she took at least 25 fifth steps. And I thought that was insane because I had been in OA for 17 years and probably took less than five. But I understand what they're saying now. You know, if you say, yes, yes, I'm sponsoring, yes, I'm working with people, ask yourself, when is the last time you took a fifth step? If we're working with people, we should be taking fifth steps, and we should be taking them with the full understanding and approval we're driving at. We're trying to get people unblocked from the power. I loved how Katie talked about it. I'm not there to empathize with them and to help them feel better about their resentments and their fears. I'm there to help them get unblocked. I'm there to help them find the patterns so they don't have to live that way anymore. But this is such a sacred, honorable, and humbling process. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. And next we have is Joanne L. Good morning, everybody. Good morning again, Team Monday. This is Joanne um, from Rhode Island. And I just wanted to share my experience with this step. It was wonderful. Um, I, the person that I chose to give away my fifth step to was my sponsor that I had been going through the process with. And the thing about this sponsor was she was so opposite from me. Um, and I was a little bit nervous because I thought, oh, my God, you know, I have to tell her some things here that, I thought she's going to, like, die. She's going to say, oh, my God, don't tell me anymore. You know, I just had all this, like, fear in me that she was not going to like what I had to say. 
But that was not the case. It was just what everybody was saying, you know. Um, she, she, I took it with somebody, you know, that I chose who I knew was going to understand. And she, her and I had been going to meetings for a very long time. And um, she had listened to other fifth steps. And so um, I, it took me a while, you know, to give my fifth step away. And because I had a lot of writing myself. And, um, but you know what? She didn't bat an eye. She didn't bat an eye. You know, I told her everything that I needed to. And then there were some times that I wanted to kind of softly say something. So maybe she didn't hear me. And she'd say, um, can I hear that again, please? And so I had to repeat it again to her. And you know what? It still didn't matter. You know, she listened to everything that I had to say. You know, she put things in perspective for me. You know, she showed me my patterns, you know, um, in life that I had or what I did. And um, I, I couldn't have, I just couldn't have asked a better person. And there was something that was bothering me um, that even after I gave it to her, I still felt that I wanted to um say it to a priest. I wanted to go to a priest and talk to him, and I did that. And um, so that also, I also got it out with him. But I have done two fifth steps, and both I've chose to do with my sponsors. And both were very kind and um, listened to what I had to say. And um, and that was really it. And so I'm so forever grateful. And I was totally honest. I did not skimp on anything, just like it says. And also, I have had the privilege of listening to Fifth Steps. And that's an honor to do as well. But like Kim said, you know, we need to, you know, help them and um, see, you know, the blockage and um, where they're coming from. And that's what this is about, you know. And I just prayed, release me from my bondage of self. And that's what I tell them, you know, just pray to God to, to release you from the bondage of self. And so that's it, really. And I just wanted to share my experience. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Joanne L. And next we have is Barbara E. Barbara E., if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Barbara E, star one to unmute. Okay, we'll move on. If you're just joining us, uh, we are on page 73. Uh, We began reading the last paragraph, we must be entirely honest. Three paragraphs was read this morning, ending with mere excuse to postpone, which ends on the top of page 75, and comments are on all. So sorry. Nicole P. Okay, just hold on, hold on one moment. Okay, Barbara uh, E, I have you. Now, let me get the rest of the names and then we'll come back to you. Okay, who else likes to comment? Nicole P. I heard Reva Janice. P. I think it's Janice M. I heard a Nicole. Yes. Reva Nicole P. Melissa. Oh. I heard Melissa. And I heard Larry K. Anyone else? Vasa O. Vasa O. 
Catlin C. Catlin C. Okay, let's see. This is who I have, and hopefully we'll get through everybody. I have Barbara E. Janice M. I believe it was Janice M. Nicole P. Melissa C. Larry K. Vasa O. And Caitlin C. Good morning, Barbara E. Good morning. I apologize. Technology confounds me, and I was bumped off. But this is important to me. My current sponsor is a passionate person who seems to be seriously spiritually changed. I was at first, when I did it a long time ago, I've been in 21 years, fearful. I had trust issues. I chose someone who lived in town in New Jersey but far away, and I wasn't fearful that she might turn on me and use my truths against me. I was in a different place in my program. The second time, I chose a person from Vision for You, a sponsor again from a different state because of trust issues, but it just didn't seem to click. It wasn't right in our guts, so we mutually agreed after two sessions that we would stop. This time, I chose a person who I see at a face-to-face meeting every single week, a person that initially I thought didn't even like me. But, and so consequently, I was again fearful, fearful. But now I was coming from a place of believing that I had a God that would place me lovingly in the hands of the right person. So I jumped off that cliff we talk, talked about and asked her and picked her in, in spite of my initial feelings that she didn't even like me. I am a living testament that I met just the right person, that my higher power led me to the right person. She was perfect. She was kind. She gave me clear directions on how to do this particular step. She gave me the hour at home afterwards to reflect on it. She, again, helped me to uncover my character liabilities. She didn't want me to justify. It was her job to be my leader, my guider. I knew I needed another compulsive overeater, not someone that was a friend from outside the group. I knew it couldn't be a friend. I wanted someone who would help me get unblocked and find the pattern and deep of my defects so in the future I'd be able, with God's help, to work on discarding them and living a better, happier life. I'm so glad that I was able to get back on the phone and to hear all of this because for me, step five was so important, so helpful. Could not have done it without her. Thank you, I pass. And thank you, Barbara E. And next we have is Janice, I believe, M. Yes, thank you, and good morning. Yeah, good morning to you, Santa, and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. 
You know, I still when I did my my fourth my fifth step with um, my sponsor, come right out and say that because uh, she knew me. <laughs> I've been working with her ever since the first step, so she pretty well knew me, and that gave me a lot of you know support and courage to not even be afraid, you know, because I knew she was closed mouth, etc. But you know, I still before you know I picked her, you know, I read the book and it said about religious purse people and which is wonderful and I still was trying not to be honest entirely honest because I knew if I went to confession in my church with the priest I could you know he wouldn't say anything and he would just listen you know and I said but you see who was I fooling I was just given a confession which was good for my soul but I needed someone that could really understand and that would be another recovered for me now, this is just my experience, another recovered sponsor because I was working with one. Now, these two paragraphs, I mean, in the in the margin, these are the guidelines for picking a sponsor, okay? And one, you know, we're so fortunate today that our fellowship, like was mentioned, there are so many sponsors, and we're working with them. You know, we don't even have to go outside, you know, if we choose not to. Some people do. But there's four points, there's four criteria, you know, for picking someone to hear our fifth step. And one, the someone who will understand, well, who better than a recovered sponsor, recovered another compulsive overeater, yet be unaffected, unaffected in any way, okay? And then on the bottom of page 74, it says, it's important that they are able to keep a confidence. Well, Fortunately for me, I never, never heard a word uh, about me that was that was mouthed to the to the um, you know it was a great trust issue. And then they and then it says three they need to fully understand and approve of what we are driving at. Well, who other than a sponsor, another recovered compulsive overeater for me? Now, this is my own experience, and they need not try to change my plan. Those are the four criteria for picking. And, um, you know, after I did my fifth step, you know, my span, my sponsor would say, you know, Janice, I could give you my fifth step, you know, it would I, the paper that it's on, because it's just like me. I mean, you know, and I had confidence because, you know, I did my third step with her. And um, I felt so free when I did it with her, you know, because we did the third step on her on the steps of a church. So, you know, it just was a flow. It just was a flow. There was nothing scary about it. And um, it was so free. And and with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Janice M. Nicole P. Hello, I'm Nicole P. from Georgia. And, um, wow, when I... The first thing, the first sentence where it said, you must be entirely honest. I smiled because as I sang my prayers this morning, it came out, I, I had to be honest with myself and with my sponsor. And <laughs> I, I emailed and I texted my sponsor and I was like, you know, I wasn't doing this, this, and third. And it wasn't to boost my ego, which is what I would do in, in the past. It was to own what I hadn't been doing. When I when she took me on as a sponsee, we had some things we agreed upon. I wasn't honoring that. And how freeing it is to admit I made mistakes that 
were not aligned with what I agreed to do, but I don't have to beat myself up about it. It's just about admitting it and making a different decision. And the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always consider of others. I had to, I put the question next to it. Who am I to keep someone's inventory? I'm good at that. <laughs> um, as working through the steps with my sponsor, I've learned whenever I am doing that, it's because I want to divert my attention from myself and put it on others. Because, you know, it's easy for me to judge them, but when it comes to owning my own stuff, watch out. Um, uh, on the top where it says, we will not try to change our plan, but we must not postpone. A mere excuse to postpone. I can procrastinate to no end. And these days, I'm not postponing because the more time goes by and I'm not making myself useful to others because I really feel that that is my purpose, to be useful to others. I can't be useful to others if I'm lying to myself, to my sponsor, to everyone around me, but then putting on this show as if I got it all together and I'm kind of pulling myself up on my bootstraps. That's not that's not what I can do anymore. I can't lie to myself anymore, and I want to be as much help to others as my sponsor has been to me. And I put right here after we finished, God, thank you for my willingness to do the work. Because I know there are days where I, I didn't want to do the work, and I'll make excuses. And reading these paragraphs reminds me of how I felt with Step 5, for me, step five was powerful because it made me see that, okay, I was harboring certain things, and that's because I was doing my own will. I no longer have to do my own will because it never worked anyway. But um, I can put God in the position where he was supposed to always be, where I had the food. And now that I have the willingness to do the work and that I am coming up on step 12, it's like, Wow, thank you, God, and I just, I'm so humble and I'm so happy and geared up. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Nicole P. And next we have is Melissa C. Hi, good morning. Are you able to hear me? It's Melissa C. Yes. Hi, good morning. Thank you. It's Melissa C. Recovered. Compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so if I want to live long and happy, I must be honest. And um, it's that simple and clear. You know, it's die an alcoholic death or do this next step. And that's, you know, that's kind of how each action step has been. Do it and a good chance for living happily is yours or don't do it and face the alternative. And, um, you know, and for me, the, al- the alternative is uh, a death death due to compulsive overeating. You know, so my resistance um, to honesty, um, you know, once I kind of get down to this point, it's life or death. So why do I resist honesty? Why have I resisted it? And, you know, it's my ego. Um, I didn't fancy myself a liar, but, um, you know, my dishonesty was um, wanting to be held in a higher esteem than I secretly fear I deserve. You know, so I would reveal information just enough um, that would manipulate others into liking me more or respecting me more. And this ended, you know, with my relationship with my sponsor. This was where um, I stopped doing that or I, I recognized that I needed to stop doing that. And, 
you know, because the truth is is that relationships that are built on um, manipulation and only revealing partial truths are not deeply satisfying, you know. And so um, this fifth step really taught me how to be in a relationship. I found that the relationships that I've established in the fellowship where I'm rigorously honest, you know, unafraid of what, like, my sisters and brothers in this fellowship will think of me, they've been ex- incredibly satisfying. They've taught me how to engage with people. Uh, and, and then I've been able to carry this outside the fellowship. And, you know, when I'm honest and I show my ugly, my weak spots, when I put my finger on my weak spots, you know, what I thought was my Achilles heel, like what was going to take me down, becomes my vehicle for intimacy and then usefulness. You know, and so this is an intimate and confidential step. It's where I began to replace food with people. You know, because before this, nothing compared to the intimacy I had with ingesting food, putting food into my body. It was confidential. It was intimate. Um, There was, I had all sorts of other relationships in my life, but nothing compared to that. And so step five is like the first real act of um, replacing the food with the people. And, um you know, getting real, getting honest, shedding my public image, letting go of the me I wanted others to see and actually revealing the parts of me I felt uncomfortable about and embarrassed about, um, it allowed me to become who I was meant to be. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. And next we have is Larry Kay. Good morning, Santa. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks for your service. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. The, um, you know, let's keep in mind that we're, in, we're into action here. We're in the action steps. And this fifth step, the one, the one thing that I want to draw my attention to is the fact that, you know, God either is or he isn't. And, and, and it's important for me to remember that because if God isn't, if there is no power greater than me, then I better find the perfect person to take my fifth step because they're going to need to change me. They're, they have the power to, to effectuate and bring about a change. So I better find the perfect person. If God is, and if the purpose of this whole spiritual program of action is to be brought into alignment to be brought into alignment with the higher power of my own understanding, if God is, then it really doesn't matter so much because that person that I'm giving away, I, I do need to be completely honest. I do need to follow the instructions as laid out in the big book with this fifth step. If we look at it this way, if, you, if there were such a perfect person to give away your fifth step, they know what you're driving at, they, can, they, can, you know, they, they just have that intellect. They've got a Ph.D. in life. And they can tell you everything and draw your attention to everything. But I'm not entirely honest. I don't, get, I, don't, I don't get to be brought into alignment with this higher power. Conversely, if I am honest and I have, let's just assume that Larry Kay is the worst person. He's the last person, the least understanding. But I'm going to be entirely honest with this process. Guess what? Because God is, God will bring you into alignment with 
when the, with this higher power. That's the whole purpose of the program. If the purpose of the program is to find someone that could bring you into alignment, then you better find the celebrity. You better find that person, that woman, because she's your higher power. She is going to bring you into alignment. She is going to, she's got the, she's got the goods. That's not what this is about. So there is no perfect person. There's no worst person. There's no best person. But we need to be entirely honest. Sure, it's helpful. That's why, you know, they say a priest, a rabbi. Most people don't necessarily have a program of action. They, haven't, they don't have a PhD in this big book. But they perhaps know what you're driving at, which is to know that they don't have the power. That's the person. That person doesn't have the power. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Santa, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovida, calling from uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long and happily in this world. And I wanted to be abstinent in this world because I lived in a crazy world when I was into the food. So I did my first three steps. Uh, I admitted I was powerless over the food. Step two came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I thought I was sane. I just wasn't insane with the food, what I was doing. And I did step three. I made a decision to turn, and I was willing to turn my will and my life to the care of God as I understood him. So those are honesty. Uh, the first step is honesty, hope, and the second step, and third, faith, and the fourth is courage and action. So I had been abstinent for I don't know how long, and my sponsor said, you know, I need to really do my writing, do the fourth step. And I, the person that brought me in the program, I didn't want to do it because she was too close to the family. She knew my husband. She knew everybody, you know, in my family. So I didn't want to do it with her. And she didn't have the, as, as much experience with it anyways, so she suggested I go out to therapy. So I found a counselor, one. He was Greek Orthodox. He was my culture. And he worked from his own basement. And I met with him quite a, you know, maybe four or five times. And that's all he talked about food. About food. You know, we would compare our foods. And I said, this is crazy. This man is, you know, he is one of us. And I could hear a lot of chaos going upstairs from, from his basement, you know, with his wife. There was uh, children or a teenager and a mother. So I said, you know, I really, God was telling me, no, Vasa, stay out of here. So I found another counselor. And uh, he, was a, he was theologian. And, and, and he was a man. And I had trust issues. I had a fear of men. But the more I went to that person, I was developing that little that relationship, and I could trust him a little bit. And then he said, okay, are you ready now? You know, after I had gone a few times. And I didn't do it by the big book, but the experience I had going, did it over there was just awesome. And the more I went, the less fear I had of him, and he expect he he accepted me, and he shared some of his experiences in his life. And then finally, I got a big book step study.
person that came in one of the meetings that we had close by, and I had asked her to be my Big Book Step Study sponsor, and she said yes, and then I had the experience, you know, with her. She lived about an hour, an hour away from us, so we did it over the phone, you know, the first three steps, wrap it up, and then I did the the third step on the phone, kneeling on my floor with her, and then I did it with her. It was just amazing experience. And I've done it with other people. What an honor. Thank you for letting me share, Natasha. Thank you, Vasa O. And next we have is Caitlin C. Did I get the name right? Caitlin C. Star one to mute. Hello, can you hear me? This is Catlin C. Catlin C. Yes, I hear you. Yeah. Go right ahead. My number my numbers are 613-734. Okay, I uh I've been uh, uh playing around with your program like I've played around with everything else I've done in OA, I realize and uh, I I'm ready to get serious. And uh I I appreciate all the calls you guys have given me. Um and I have tremendous trust issues, and um, I, I also have PTSD, and so that interferes a lot with what I want to do. And I don't know if I'm being dishonest or if I'm being realistic when I when I say that. Anyway, um, I uh, I have taken many fifth steps, and I was not honest in any of them uh because i i, I want to blame everybody else for why i am the way i am and uh in a lot of ways you guys make more sense than anything else i've heard in the program and uh and i want that what you have and and i i think i'm entirely read, ready to take any go to any lengths to um, recover, and so, um, but there's a big part of me that that echoes what I heard in a program once from someone. They said, "I don't want progress recovery. I want magic wand recovery, <laughs> and uh, I want to stop being that way. I want to stop playing around because I know I'm dying." I'm dying from this program, and and uh, if I don't get straight, I am gonna die, die by my own hand or or something. And so, um, thank you all for the calls. You've 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 been so welcoming to me, and uh, I I need to pick a sponsor that uh, I don't know has what I have in the past. And and can really really understand and call me when I'm not being honest, you know. And uh, I don't I don't want to die. I want to live, and I want to live joyous, happy, and free. And so, um, and I know in order to do that, I have to work this program because it's the only thing that offers me hope. Um, 
anyway, I just, I, 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 fifth step has always terrified me. And uh, I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it's because I'm revealing myself to someone and, and, and I feel like uh, time, you say? Yes. Okay, okay. I um that's that's really about all I have to say. So um I'm gonna keep trying to come and, and I'm gonna find a sponsor that that works for me like I've heard a lot of the other people and and I'm gonna call on my higher power to uh bring that person to me. So anyway, um thank you and uh my name is Kat Lindsay and uh I pass. Thank you, Kathleen C. We now come to the end of our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for Monday, July 24th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Zone, is 10192. 10192. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. This is Craig F. recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with God is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.